0: There are two rules, to remember if you want to have a good time.
1: Rules, no rules.
0: Rule number one.
2: Keep your friends close, but your enemies close. Rule number two.
0: You're a dragon. Be a dragon. Ciao,
2: Bella. This week on Double Dragon, Steve and I complete our watch of Game of Thrones. As we complete the season finale, The Iron Throne. Next week of course we will jump right into House of the Dragon for which this particular podcast was created so both Steve and I are looking forward to that. I also include a short excerpt of my conversation with medievalist Brian Pavlak. Okay, it's your friend and mine, comic Steve Osborne. Steve, we got a couple double dragon reviews. Ooh. This one is from Lisa to Five three, She writes, simply the best. Love listening to these two. Look forward to the podcast every week. Simply the best. I'm not saying that Tina Turner was
3: writing that song about us when she first performed it, but... uh...
2: Yeah, I think Lisa253 is probably just Tina Turner's review handle she uses specifically Mm. for reviews. Yeah, Tina Turner's alive, right? Oh, she's alive and she's 35 i think oh okay <laughs> yeah. the world has just aged around her i'm sure she's still right. still riding horses and making music videos it still has the ability to do a roundhouse kick roundhouse kick in her world MTV's still super popular right
3: yeah i love the idea that that tina turner is in a parallel like a
2: multiverse <laughs> but
1: it's just
2: you, tina turner's multiverse. you walk into her universe that's always 92 it doesn't matter instantly instantly you have great legs everyone's talking about latoya jackson's playboy centerfold <laughs> <laughs> like, can you do that with a snake was that a real snake <laughs> uh this is from philippine ya one i i love this review this is a great, it's just short, sweet, it's five stars. It says, okay, dudes are all right. <laughs> huh. Why beat around the bush? Just, you know, it doesn't even have to be a complete sentence, no punctuation necessary. Just write anything. Just You could just write half a line, maybe a little bit of poetry uh, would work. <laughs> five stars. They're fine. They're fine. <laughs> I mean, that's, like, it's an interesting, uh,
3: I mean, I, that, that it it was sort of like a, a Trojan horse, right? Mm-hmm. Like a,
2: a five-star review, but then
3: it opens up and then a three-star review fell out.
2: I, <laughs> no, I like this. This is, this is fantastic. This means that if this person left like a four-star review, it would just be brutal. It would just Probably, be right. like you the worst
3: review that you'd ever seen. Couldn't listen to it. Yeah. Couldn't, couldn't finish it. Four stars. <laughs> One star would follow them being on trial for murdering us. (laughs)
1: Um,
2: All right, this next one. Great guys. This is from Fit and Trim. He says, I think we sat in front of these guys at the House of the Dragon premiere. Very nice, knowledgeable. Give them a listen. Wow. Yeah, it's kind. It's kind. That is kind. Now, if this is the guy that I think was sitting in front of us at the premiere... He was a little, little bit of a jerk. A little bit of a jerk. <laughs> and I don't know if it's sort of like his shtick or whatever, but it's it's one of these weird guys where it's like he's actually really nice online, but he's kind of a jerk mm-hmm. in person. You know, very very uh, different than what we're used to yeah. in
3: uh, online personas. <laughs> Typically, you get a little more more courage to mm-hmm. to be more of a prick when you when you're hiding behind a keyboard. But for this guy, it's like you know what? I've always just I push people away in real life. I just hate this about myself. I,
2: some, I summon my better angels when I'm filling out reviews online. Well,
3: I also like that uh, you know he says it's really great guys, and and like he and he calls us out saying like like he saw it, and then you're like yeah, I think I know who this is, and I don't like him. <laughs> this, this so kind of kind of undercuts the great guys. Uh, <laughs>
2: normally if you write a nice review for us online we'll kind of reciprocate on the podcast but i just want you to know i'm not above calling you a prick if you were a little bit of a prick
3: <laughs> well i'm going to take a different uh stance so then he can at least half listen to this uh, <laughs> podcast in the future if this is uh the individual that i think it is uh you know hey it was great uh meeting you um you know a little bit of uh of of constructive criticism is work on that first impression maybe
2: Um, (laughs) no i I, i'll be honest he definitely acquitted himself well as the conversation continued it was just sort of that very first impression
3: right we were also very i i would say that we were a little bit uh on the defense i was an
2: angel i don't know about you but i was on my best behavior
3: so hopefully, even if it is that guy, that he's lacks self-awareness to know that he's, like, well, they're not talking about me. Like, you know,
2: that way, keep listening. He's like, that jerk's sitting next to me. He's always making a bad impression. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's the feedback we have for this week. And um, Steve, I'm, I don't know about you. I'm kind of, even though I've seen the first episode... I'm kind of excited to to view it with a critical eye, you know. it's kind of let the first first time I saw it, just kind of let it wash over me.
3: Yeah, and not only that, but I mean, it, we like we saw it on the big screen, so that felt weird. Um, yeah,
2: we had that kind of kind of a passive aggressive guy sitting in front of us. That was a
3: little right, who may who apparently really liked us, and mm-hmm. we ruined that relationship. Um, Matt Smith, let me just apologize right now. I didn't mean anything. <laughs> I mean, that was the other thing, right? I mean, like we we it was a weird thing to like, well, what if we didn't like it? Right. So like I was kind of, you know, trying to be critical, but at the same time the whole environment was so different than anything we've, we've experienced. Uh, So we can look at it a little more critically, have an opportunity to the things that we really like, like we can kind of, you know, double check and find out like, were were they really good? And some of the things that maybe I had some concerns with to see if they still exist. Um, Yeah. I'm looking forward to it.
2: Okay, so if you are so inclined, you can leave a review for us on the Apple iTunes podcast reviews. I promise to be nice, and that's <laughs> of course, you Matt Smith. And if you want to send us an right. email, you can send that to book at baldmove.com. So because we have a real-life medievalist on this podcast, uh, Brian Pavlak... We have questions. We have listener questions. People have emailed in to ask you questions, Brian. <laughs> wow. Yes. Um, so this is from Draft Dodger 42. Um, Draft Dodger asks Did medieval folks actually believe in dragons? Or was mm-hmm. dragon lore more like Bigfoot, where only a few folks were superstitious, but most people doubted? what a good
4: question and that, that's hard to figure out um i would say in general people would say well there might be dragons but certainly not around here <laughs> because obviously yeah. they didn't run into dragons every day uh-huh. Uh-huh. now but dragons are part of scripture particularly the book of revelation uh-huh. and, and the dead the, the devil being uh, portrayed as a dragon during the battle with Saint Michael the Archangel, and you know, on medieval maps, sometimes you know, you, it's a bit of a cliche, but you know, here there be dragons, and mm-hmm. you know, places that are far off and, and unknown. And their stories are full of dragons. You know, most famously St. George and the dragon. Yeah.
2: I was thinking like, yeah, uh, on and, occasion and, in a medieval bestiary, you will see. Yes, of course. And, and these
4: bestiaries in, included griffins, right. And right. sphinxes right. and all these, which of course, anybody who would be honest, admit, you know, I, I never saw that, but there are people who like to tell tall tales <laughs> and sure. say, well, I saw them. And so people, I think like today would be credulous or not. Um, you brought up the issue of bigfoot there are people passionately believe that bigfoot is real yeah but my response is there's no good evidence for that or like aliens are real but there's no good evidence for that um so certainly a lot of people liked the idea of dragons Mm -hmm. um but most people would honestly admit well i haven't seen any lately (laughs) (laughs) right
0: Except, it's incredibly badass, it stars an absolute icon of the genre, we're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's gonna be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald noobers. Those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a party it was, and those of you who didn't, (laughs) haha, now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim, order some custom movie themed drinks at the theater's full bar. Then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved a venue over twice the size as last year, but seating is still limited. It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7 p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at baldmove.com slash live. Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. The thrills of Kings Island just minutes away, and I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little Miami River on Saturday. Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Best 6 page at baldmove.com/slash live, live. Live.
2: Steve, what the hell was that?
3: That's a fitting end to a great tale.
2: <laughs> no, no, no! Come on, you can't, don't do this to me. <laughs> You're being sarcastic. I rather liked it. Well, I mean, w- yes, but b- Bran. Who else? Anyone else, man?
3: Well, no, no. Who else? Who are you gonna put on there? Robin.
2: Hot pie, man. See hot,
3: see, hot pie, hot pie had it all figured out. It's like, look, I just want to work. I just just let me do, do my I...
2: job. You do I just your wanted... job,
3: and if you do your job right, then I don't ever have anything to do with you.
2: <laughs> so you're fine with Bran. You're just fine with this. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're the one that hated Bran.
3: I hated Bran as a as a. A uh, character, but as a leader, I,
2: I can get on board with this. Oh, gosh. Okay. Thank you. All right. You hated Bran as a character. Now let me say this. Hmm. I, with Heather, really liked Bran as a character. Hmm. Like four seasons ago. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and this isn't this may be an issue with child actors. The, sometimes the trouble with casting. A child actor, and I'm not saying that you had another choice for this this role, right? Mm. You had to you had to cast a child for this role, but part of the problem with doing that is that you don't know what kind of actor they're going to be in six or seven years, right? I don't know whether the part was written badly for him or the actor wasn't as compelling as he used to be, or for whatever reason. But it's been at least three seasons since I've cared about Bran. Well, he's not Bran anymore. Yeah, but he... All right, fine. Then why is his name Bran the Broken?
3: Because Tyrion calls him that, and he doesn't care what he's called. (laughs) Because he doesn't care
2: about (laughs) nothing. I think in the book he actually gives himself that term, but... I I, I actually did like the episode. I just don't understand. I actually don't understand... If it was gonna be Bran, then make him an interesting character. For maybe make make... him
3: do anything ever.
2: (laughs) Yes, like make him make me interested in his character at least at some point over the last three years.
3: Do you think that? So with that, with that statement, do I see? I don't buy that they didn't that they were just like towards the end, like ah, we're gonna do Bran, but we didn't develop him. Ah. Nah, they won't see it coming. I think that was Brand all along, right? I mean, that's sounds I, like that's yeah, Martin's plan, right?
2: I think what maybe happened was they started the show. Martin promised to have the books done. Martin couldn't deliver. It gave them an outline. Right, right. They got the outline in enough time, right, to make to kind of lay some track for Brand to be, you know, on the Iron Throne. Instead, what they chose to do is let's downplay Bran, let's make him uninteresting in every possible way, (laughs) and then let's throw them a curveball at the end, because no one will expect it.
3: Uh, Yeah, I mean, that's one way to look at it. I'll Um, say
2: this, I think Bran is one of the most interesting characters in the books. At this point, where the books are now, I mean, I I wrote a whole chapter called The Weirdification of Bran Stark. Mm. and I thought, well, this is going to be really interesting. In fact, I think Bran may have a claim to the Iron Throne at some point, and this will make him a lot of parallels with this Welsh myth about Bran the Blessed. So mm. I did all this research on this, and then when the final season came up, I thought, oh, well, they, they don't well, they're not Bran do at that. all. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. I see.
2: Bran's a total dud. Steve. Yes? Bran's a total dud
3: so he yeah i mean right so so bran and danny's uh handling is probably pretty similar right i mean in terms of the the critique i mean i'm of the mind i mean i don't yeah i mean we'll get to the other parts of this episode but uh you know in the same argument that is being made that um they accelerated danny's descent into madness um we now have an even more <laughs> accelerated uh Brands ascent to greatness.
2: Uh, 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 um, no, no, not even comparable. Danny's—they laid track for Danny, sure. And sure. Danny at least did a few things this season. What did Bran oh, yeah. do? Bran was bait. Bran sat there. He worked into some birds that did nothing. Like even the animals that he's working into do nothing. Bran. <laughs> Well, here's the thing. Here, here, here's where you're. I think you're misunderstanding. it. I'm at least still interested in Danny. Like that's an interesting turn to her character. Yeah. Uh, looking back on it, I can think, oh, well, they certainly were laying track for this. They just decided to stop investing in his character mm-hmm. like three seasons ago.
3: But who, who have they, who, who at the end of this season, in the final episode, had they clearly invested the most attention in?
2: Probably D- Danny and John, I think.
3: No, no, no. In this episode, you get you get the most words from the most important character.
2: From Tyrion. From Tyrion. Yeah. Okay.
3: This is Tyrion's tale, right? I mean, we all want to make it Danny's tale or John's tale, uh, and sure. then and then we finish this off saying, but then why is it Bran's tale? It's not. It's Tyrion's tale. This is Tyrion's tale. Tyrion is in prison. Yeah mulling things over having nothing what, what is the only thing he can look back the only thing he can do is look back he can't even look forward anymore mm-hmm. so he comes to this conclusion who'd the best ruler be for this area you know who the best ruler would be for this area and he's and he basically creates
2: it himself he so so Tyrion's the kingmaker basically brand become brand he's thinking, i've had enough action in my life i want to think of the most boring person i've ever met
3: Perhaps, but also, who's running the co- in the council meeting? Bran's like, I gotta go. I gotta go stare at a tree. You guys got. You're this telling from here? You
2: that you're, it's like Bran is the Al Gore of Westeros. Is, is that what you're saying? Perhaps the, the most boring tree hugging guy you've ever met.
3: He is, in some sense, Tyrion has created a an a purely objective king who is going to let the council do what the council does and. Now Tyrion gets to. I know he did. He. I believe he feigns. Oh, I can't be the hand. I can't be the hand. This is this is the most fitting situation. Tyrion is essentially the de facto ruler of uh, of the six kingdoms.
2: So Tyr- Yeah. All right. So yeah, you're right because he is the hand of the king, and he's uh... the hand of the
3: king. He's the hand of a king that uh, that doesn't want to do
2: anything. So, so you're saying, all right. You're saying that Tyrion kind of does this on purpose. I think he kind of... I really don't think he wanted to be Hand of the King when Bran suggested it. But what you're saying is that, effectively, it's, Tyrion is on the Iron Throne, and because the mm-hmm. king is a stiff, really, it's, it's Tyrion that wins in the end. hmm
3: This is uh, what everybody really deep down wanted.
2: Maybe you're Right. Uh, yeah, no. I mean, you're you're turning me on this one. Although, let me let me tell you another. And I'm thing.
3: not I'm not saying the journey there was yeah. was, was solid, right? I mean, I, we we we've, we've agreed that this season is the clunkiest thus far, and I am not going to argue that this is not a clunky episode and that how we get to where we need to go. But again, uh-huh. I think I've already been on record in a couple of these pods is that I'm I'm getting conditioned to understand that getting to a certain point is not going to be as smooth as as the show has done so i'm i have to stop having i have to stop having that expectation it doesn't mean it's not disappointing but i can't have that expectation that 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 ship's going to get right what i need to look at are where are the points we're going it it, i can i can negotiate how we got there as long as where we end up is satisfying and i'll tell you right now heather and i both looked at each other at the end of this episode and we go it was great so it was great wow
2: Wow. And that is without
3: irony, that is without trying to troll, I I had...
2: Well, let me tell you my backstory on this. So, when this came out, I was promoting a book. My my co-author has this podcast. Uh, So, Aaron and I, the day after this premiered, the finale premiered, I drove down to Cincinnati, and we were going to do this podcast together to kind of talk a little bit about the season finale and promote the book. And Gods of Thrones, Volume Two, and I, I walked into the office, the Bald Move office, and he said, "Well, what do you think?" He was he was clearly like disturbed, like he, he was going <laughs> to, to jump off jump off a high a high point or whatever. And I I I really didn't think too much about what I had what I was about to say because I was feeling conflicted about it. But the words that came out of my mouth were I loved it. Wow. And the all of the things that I loved about this episode kind of overshadowed the things that I didn't like. And then then I was rereading the books and then I thought, Man, they really they really screwed this up. They really if they wanted Bran, mm-hmm. boy, they really screwed this up. And so my my experience on the rewatch was kind of more like the typical fan response. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that you tell me that Tyrion actually is the Iron Throne recipient, I'm I'm thinking maybe I need to th- th- rethink a couple things. Now I will say this. Okay, so <laughs> Tyrion does this little speech. All right, does a few. Let's, let's overlook the fact that they're actually asking him for advice, all right? Sure. No one's ever, all right, these people don't, most of the people at this meeting think of him as a lecherous, betraying, father-killing imp. I don't know why they care about his opinion. Do they? Does this group? I think it was maybe Edmure. Edmure looks at him and says, well, who do you think should be king? All right, so who? All right, whatever. Let's overlook the fact that they want his opinion. He, what he says is, what you need is a good story. And all of a sudden, I'm thinking, oh great, now you're gonna get all meta on me. Yeah, self
3: self reflective.
2: You're and... gonna this is this is you're crawling up your own ass. I mm-hmm. just feel like hey, everyone, every a good story unites people. Like that's what the audience is experiencing, and mm-hmm. now they're like looking inward instead of looking True. into the into the story. Fine, 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 fine. All right. Who's got the best story? Bran, of course. Bran's got the best story, and I'm thinking, no, he doesn't. If he's <laughs> got the best story, then what were you doing for the last three right. years? He has the least compelling story according to the show. Now, the the book, totally different. But if that's the story, if if, if Tyrion's little speech is is the is the takeaway. That that Bran should be king because he's got the best political, you know, spin or whatever. I'm thinking then then you should have told me that story. You should have told me the story and made him compelling. So that's that was my that's my feeling. That's that's fair.
3: Uh, And yeah, because I think that was our one of our bigger objections too of the uh, of the long night is that why does the night king want this guy dead and we're not seeing anything in that sequence that suggests well, this is a good showdown.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, why does he want to kill him uh, the uh, unknown? And right. uh, he doesn't like memory.
3: Right. Well, so yeah, so so that that's definitely part of it. But what we do know of Brand's story is that that's look, Brand's story kicks this thing off, right?
2: So that's true.
3: You, you get pushed <sighs> out of the tower. <laughs> that begins look Brand's story mm-hmm. is this story.
2: Well, chapter one of the first, yeah, chapter one of the first book is a brand POV chapter. Mm. So it makes sense that, they, you know, they, they're laying the foundation for that. There's a lot of hints. But I mean,
3: so, so, so you can't tell that, yeah.
2: me that Game of Thrones is his story over the last three years.
3: I can tell you that everything is his story in the, over the last eight years.
2: All um, right, All right. T- say more.
3: I mean, if Brand doesn't get pushed out this window, who knows what happens? So brand brand getting pushed out the window as a result of a selfish incestual act that that uh, Jamie says was for love, right? I mean that's and that's what's kind of a fascinating beginning. So he he claims that it was for love, um, but it doesn't it doesn't seem like. I mean Jamie is so unrealized at that point. Yeah, that's so, right. So so Jamie's arc now gets it goes this whole different trajectory, right? Yeah. Ends up coming back. And I understand that a lot of fans had issues with him coming back to Cersei. But here's the thing. Is there's a lot of fans that want, well, I wanted him and Brienne. Well, you don't get it. <laughs> you don't get to have what you want all the time. All right, and then when so, you get what you want, right. you Jamie freak has out connection. too. yeah. so, Jamie. so, so Jamie's arc goes this way. Cersei's arc also is, I mean, Cersei doesn't end up on the throne if Jamie doesn't push Bran out the window.
2: Yeah. There could be that the war of the five Kings doesn't happen. You know, so so this
3: this all because Bran was curious like a cat. (laughs) So then, you know, I mean, attempts on his life have changed the course of um, of how things go. Theon's journey uh, becomes so focused because of of the the Bran aspect. Mm -hmm. Um, Bran then, you know, gets drug, obviously, into into tree land and and discovers the ring brands discovery about, uh, John upsets the apple car. Cause if, if John and, and Danny just have a loving relationship and there is no complication there, there's a good chance that he's fighting on her behalf. And, and she, she has a better shot at winning this thing. Brand.
2: Well, and brand reveals his true identity. If that doesn't happen, Danny what, ends yeah.
3: up on the iron throne, right? And so that's what we're looking at here. So, so brand brand, presence alone has complicated this entire story moving everything forward now unfortunately we don't get a full grasp of like why he's important to the night king and that that to me is a is a major misfire because assuming that there is a reason why there is this connection then yeah he's also then a major figure essentially eliminating the white Walker threat for all mankind. Now he didn't do anything. That's the problem. Right. I mean, but the implication is that he was also a linchpin there. Right. He it's, it's, it's fascinating too, because what's interesting is that if you look at going back to, uh, the, 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 which I think is just an absolute refrain throughout this entire episode and through much of this season, um, you know, you see it sort of like with uh, Tyrion discovering the bodies and the way he removes mm-hmm. each brick, and and then uh, and and the idea that hmm. yeah. that that Bran sort of serves as that role now, right? Like, it's it's an interesting because it's been a critique. Well, I have
2: I have you know argued that Danny's kind of a Greek goddess and Bran's kind of a tree god at this point. And the night mm-hmm. the Night King is like a an old Norse. Jotunheim or whatever so there are gods in this story like you know not not like transcendent gods or whatever but you're right Brand does parallel that conversation
3: and there's an interesting acceptance that goes all the way through with 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 Tyrion Tyrion's had a lot of time to think and the thing that he was probably the most critical of is the thing that he's like "Eh, maybe this makes the most sense hmm is that i can't fully understand you know i understood danny's motives and that's a problem i thought i knew him but then when i really discover him i can't follow that and he's seen that all along the way and he's like you know what there's going to be a certain amount of i don't get it that i have to accept um and brand sort of represents that and then it's sort of a in a nice little package you get you get Tyrion, getting to do what he does best he his whole thing is he wants to he wants to rule right for the people, and he's now put a he's helped orchestrate putting a leader in place that will allow that to happen. In a weird way, he kind of katunk katunk life instead of <laughs> katunk katunk death.
2: <laughs> All right, well, it's hard. It's, it's a good argument. It's a good argument.
3: It's clunky. The show is clunky. I I actually, I was, dude, I can't believe how satisfied I was last night.
2: So you're telling me there was no moment where you kind of just laughed out loud and thought. That's oh, no. A, that's,
3: that's oh, there was, for sure.
2: <laughs> All
3: right. I, one, of my, one of the scenes I didn't particularly care for, I thought it was fine. I mean, I thought it was well-written, but it did feel like, it felt like uh, an apologetic for the last episode, where Tyrion <laughs> just goes through and explains to the audience, look guys, we've all been duped.
2: When she murdered the slavers of Astapor, I'm sure no one but the slavers complained. After all, they were evil men. When she crucified hundreds of Myronese nobles, who could argue they were evil men? The Dothraki calls she burned alive. They would have done worse to her. Everywhere she goes, evil men die,
1: and we cheer her for
3: it. We had this conversation in the last podcast, which I felt very—I uh, felt a little brand-like in that sense because I'm watching. Like, hey, I just had this conversation.
2: <laughs> I, I'll tell you, there were. A I, lot- loved, I
3: loved, I love the melting of the Iron Throne.
2: Oh, you did? Because I was. A lot of people were like, "Are you kidding me? Like that dragon's not going to kill John." No. Is that, is that what you're going to melt the Iron Throne instead? Yes.
3: Yes. Yes. Because that's not because John didn't kill Danny. The Iron Throne did. So he did kill that which killed his mother.
2: Right. At that point, you're like, oh, so the dragon is the smartest guy in the whole story?
3: Oh, a dragon exists? Sorry, you can't have it both ways. <laughs> you don't get to sit there and go, wait, that's not how dragons would behave because that sentence is ridiculous.
2: Uh all right, well I okay that's that's good. Now let me ask you You can't this question. tell
3: me to get on board on a magic train and then be surprised when magic happens on the train.
2: No, this goes back to the rules of magic question we have. Like do the rules of dragons lead me to believe to the you know, here I am in the final episode of the series. Have the rules of magic led me to believe that a dragon understands the metaphor? Because metaphors, I mean, that's fine. I, I've met smart animals. Not many of them understand what a metaphor is.
3: No, but they also, if, if the dragon can understand her words, I'm sure she says Iron Throne a, a whole hell of a lot in her spare time.
2: <laughs> okay. All right. Let me ask you this question. Um, I, I do want to talk about the things I liked about this episode, but I, this is a major one. Grey Worm is just killing fools mm-hmm. Just just because he's killing fools. Uh, he's, no, he's sad. Okay, well, all right. He's still sad, but he's killing fools. Mm-hmm. Here's the guy that just killed his,
1: mm.
2: you know, his his best friend Danny or whatever. Mm-hmm. He just puts him in prison. Like he didn't put anyone else in prison.
1: He yeah. just
2: kind of puts John in prison. Why? Okay, that, that I, I long long convoluted way to ask this question. Is it believable that Grey Worm doesn't just kill John?
3: Yes and no. It's 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 not believable in the sense that from what I'm seeing from Grey Worm, he doesn't strike me as somebody who is is thinking strategically anymore, if he ever was. But it is believable in the sense that you're now leaderless, you're kind of a mismatched group in a place that you really don't belong. I have to assume that there are other kingdoms thinking, well, this isn't this isn't any good if they're if they're if they've learned anything from being around guys like Tyrion and being around other people in power uh, you need to have some sort of leverage they See, can't, my they, feeling
2: is they okay, can't yeah, live they, can,
3: they can't live in defense right they, where are they at with provisions they have to be pretty close to none right at this you know after a while yeah my so feeling
2: if, was something along those lines like uh, all right well John guess who's the most popular guy in the entire kingdom? Jon Snow, Mm-hmm. and I know that these I fought alongside these Northmen. They will absolutely be willing to go to war. Um, I'm going to keep Jon Snow around rather than just executing him. But I never got the sense that Grey Worm was sort of like the kind of guy to to do that sort of thing. Right?
4: No, I, was, and I, yeah. I always
2: thought of Grey Worm like, look. You point me in the right direction, I will kill a dude for you.
3: Right. Well, I think I think he spent enough time alongside Tyrion. I honestly do. I think I think seeing how Tyrion handled the slavers, even if he didn't agree with everything, I think he saw he saw how that kind of worked. And if you befriended Miss Sandy at all, and you certainly did, um, she also understands negotiating and and power brokering and, and things like that. So mm-hmm. I, I think okay. I think that Grey Worm spent enough enough time to know that there's things he doesn't know, and that he has to sort of wait it mm-hmm. out, right? And I, so I think I think it's easy. I, I think there's a reason Grey Worm was included in a lot of those other uh, scenes is because he's he's witnessing that he, he didn't always agree with him, um, mm-hmm. and he probably didn't even like him. But I think he realizes in terms of survival, um, you wipe those guys out, and now you're just playing defense for the rest of your life.
2: Okay. All right. I mean, that's, uh, that's, I mean, that there's a lot inferred.
3: Well, well, that's what you have to do. Well, first off, here's the thing. I mean, we have a lot of this clunky timeline so that we're, we're forced to infer. Right. And then, but we, it's interesting how we have these battles of like, well, I want, I want more exposition. Mm, I need less exposition It's say, like, well, you, it, it, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, you're blessed. If you do, you're blessed if you don't, it it goes like, in the way that Tyrion's explaining to the audience that, uh, episode six was necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't need that, but I'm I'm sure some did. You know, um, because I mean, like I already got it. Like I I I had this conversation, but not everybody did. I'm sure um sure yeah yeah. so so that needs that right and so like if you're going to prioritize how do we get from one thing to the other that one probably seems like a bigger priority because what and i've started reading reviews after i watched this about like what people didn't like about this episode and some i like completely agree with some was clearly like i didn't like the last episode so i refuse to like this one you know what i mean like that's how a lot of
2: right yeah if you've already was a lot of people they were like look you did danny dirty yeah unless unless you can kind of turn this thing around I am. I've. I've. I've decided not to like the the last episode.
3: Right, and for some people, that ship had already sailed. Right. I mean, as soon as you drew the line in the sand on Danny, why are you going to be more involved in one that actually kills her? Right. I mean, like that becomes like well, even if you explain it, like I'm just not buying it. And I get it. I mean, it it felt abrupt, but again, it was not surprising. There's a there's a difference, right? There's a difference between a, like the brand to your in in your uh this, this, uh. Statements from what I gather is not only was it it was abrupt, but there was no crumbs leading to this. Right, Um, whereas at least Danny, you could say was abrupt, but if you follow the if you follow the trail, this was sort of where she was headed. Um, And I I guess I just interpret the brand being ascended as not. It wasn't
2: just that he was abrupt; is that he was he was just he just sucked. Like (laughs) he sucked for the last three years. Like he was like it was like when I said way back during the long night. Like okay, imagine the thing about this episode that was the most the weirdest, clunkiest stupid thing about this episode. And then just totally lean into that. Like mm. let's 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 frame the rest of this season around yeah. that guy. I just thought Alright, fine, brand. But you gotta you got to make him interesting to me at some point in the last three seasons.
3: But that's where I guess I'm sort of still satisfied is like the most interesting person, the most probably closest thing to a just ruler is ruling. And if you believe any of what brand has been selling and brand has been selling since he got back, this is all part of it. This is all part of the narrative. I got. To, hey, if you didn't do this, I'm not this. If this doesn't happen, this doesn't happen. If this doesn't happen, this doesn't happen. So he is the the harbinger of. Look, man, this is all part of of this narrative, and everything that's happened thus far is moving us towards where we need to be. And however, we, and so here it is, where Bran names him the Hand. That Tyrion can't name himself
2: head of the king of the kingdom. All right. Let me ask you a question. You watch this whole show. You watch it pretty closely. Mm-hmm. Can Brand see the future?
3: See, that's a great question. I don't know, right? Have we seen anything that suggests
2: it? He's... Well, he did see. He saw a little glimpse of Danny walking into the ashy throne room.
3: Yeah, but there's been a lot of visions, right? A lot of people have had visions. So, so I don't know if we can attribute. So I've been thinking about that. Before this episode, too, I was like, "Oh, Bran can be everywhere." I'm like, "Oh, it seems like he can be a lot of places."
2: He can't know everything. We know that he can't know
3: everything. He he gets a lot of the past around the same time that like it's all like he's thinking about a lot of things. But I don't see. It it sounds as though he may get like blips of the future. But you look, the Hound has seen visions. Um, Yeah, it's
2: clearly established that
3: visions can happen. So I don't necessarily necessarily think that it even has to be. That he sees the future, but he may get little glimpses of the future because it's clearly a thing that can be done.
2: It's clearly established that Bran can see what's going on in the present and he can see lots of stuff in the past.
3: Which I think to Tyrion's point is when he's talking story, I'm thinking it's like, look, what was this whole... What was the problem with this narrative from not necessarily like how it was put together, but hey, look, there was a mad king and Jamie killed him. And then that created this battle. And then it created this battle. It created this battle. And then we put all of our eggs into this basket that was just going to be a reset of the original problem. Mm-hmm. So like he says, we weren't paying attention. We got yeah. caught up. We got caught up in sort of the here and now. We weren't paying attention to what had come before and what this might lead to. A guy like Bran is very helpful in that regard because he's seen, if he's able to tell you all the, the the problems and then and also the good things that happened in the past, you can be able to use that information for the future, right? Learn from the mistakes, accentuate the things that worked. And the beauty of Bran is, at least as far as we can tell, he's not caught up with the ego. He's not caught up with... Um,
2: well, it does explain uh, some of his personality. Like, if you know what's going to happen and you're just kind of watching it happen, it really steals some of your motivations to, to go out and, like, spin your wheels. No pun intended. Yeah. There I mean, was look, a lot I'll, I liked you're, you're, about this. You're not
3: going to convince me this is – I mean, no, I'm not going to convince you it's a perfect episode because I don't believe it is. I think there's some, some definite yeah, logistical yeah. problems. Um, but in terms of where it ends up, I don't know, man. I felt pretty good. <laughs> and I mean,
2: I I, 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 I am, I'm just amazed. I am, I'm flabbergasted.
3: I am too. I am too. Because I was actually really looking forward to, uh, disliking things.
2: Okay, there was a lot I liked about this episode, and and basically, I paused. I put the pause button. Uh, when I realized, okay, now things are going to get weird. All right. Mm-hmm. And I was about forty minutes in, and I just felt like this is. This is a fantastic finale I, lo- I love this I love this. the first forty minutes mm-hmm. I just feel like it's 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 almost perfect um uh so Tyrion's walking just like he did in your dream he's walking through the the carnage right mm-hmm.
3: yeah which was kind of surreal
2: <sighs> gray worm is just murdering dudes. Tyrion walks under the castle to find jamie's hand mmm. Uh, how did you, how, how did you encounter that the whole Jamie and Cersei under the blanket of bricks that they weren't all smashed and gross? They didn't. You thought that they'd be more smashed and gross.
3: I thought they'd be more smashed and gross. Um, but then I, I I allowed for this. You know, I allowed for this moment because um, yeah. it's it seemed it seemed important.
2: Yeah. See, um, a lot of people were saying you're telling me that they, 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 that whole ceiling fell in, and they're yeah. like, they're just under like one layer of brick blanket.
3: Yeah, because they would be under all of it.
2: So, so, so who knows about that? Yeah. Um, so that
3: that I mean that was a that was definitely a okay. This is I I feel like you still could have done it with just the hand, right? Yeah, um, I yeah. I don't that's but I think you you know they want that um, that brick moment. And I think you can still have it with never actually finding them. Like, you could have it where he just sort of is katunking with the bricks to no, to no end, and then the hand just sort of on
2: its own. So, I had at least two really cool dragon freak-out moments. I mean, that's part of why you tune into this show. Mm-hmm. Like, really cool dragon set-piece moments. And the, the one was when Danny's coming to address the crowds, and, the, and, the, uh, and Drogon's wings are behind her. Oh, that was incredible. That was fantastic, and then the other one—it was like, just give me one more. I just—I didn't know I wanted it, but I totally want it now. Is Drogon covered in ash, guarding guarding oh, that the was gate? So, so awesome! I—I I mean, just just brilliant, brilliant. Loved it, loved it. Yeah. Um,
3: I think and I that, and I and I was a huge fan of Drogon taking his mom and
2: bouncing. You liked. All right, let's let's get to that scene. All right, so. Did you see Jon's stabbing of? How, when did you know that that was gonna that that Jon was gonna stab? Daniel? Uh, right when he walked up. So you knew, like, okay, when she, when
3: Tyrion says, "Let's you have be to make together," a choice. and he starts have...
2: kissing her, or whatever you're thinking, she's dead.
3: Yeah, when Tyrion says, "You got to make a choice. You have to make that choice now." Um, I'm like, that's one thing that Jon struggles with is making that choice now Uh he's very much like well this is the right thing to do and that's he's just and it's like it got to the point where that became like a refrain that was getting to be pretty Mm -hmm. obnoxious right um and so when Tyrion tells him that like i get i got the sense that for the like john wants someone to make up his mind for him Mm -hmm. that's kind of been his mo right like he doesn't want to be i don't want to be the king of the north well they all want you to be okay I don't want to go fight. <laughs> well, they got they got uh, Ricky Walnut okay. and so his, he's, like, I just want I just want to be left alone. Like that's his thing, and so, and and I Tyrion sort of, you know his his lengthy famously monologue,
2: Tyrion told him once that no one's no one's as good as brooding as Jon Snow.
3: Right, <laughs> and so he just says, okay, look, we put up with a lot of this, okay. <laughs> so so it's like we got one shot you're that shot do the right thing or die basically i did and like so I, I thought that that yeah. was i i mean even though john Continued to look at them like okay, <laughs> you know. I think that there was a. I, I I got the sense that I'm like, yeah. I I feel like Tyrion's made a pretty good case, and John knows what the right thing to do is, even if it's the wrong thing to do. And I I
2: liked that final exchange, that final dialogue between Tyrion and John. I think that was excellent. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the love is the death of duty, and then yeah, duty is the death of love. And it, at that point, I was thinking, duty is the death of love. He's saying kill her. That's what he's saying. He, in so many words, he's saying, you got to kill her. Right. I loved that John brought up the fact that, like, you know, Tyrion says she's, her nature is fire and blood. And he he said, do you think our house words are stamped on our bodies when we're born? Mm -hmm. That's been such a huge theme throughout this entire series. Uh, So that was, that was really wrapped up nicely. If you think about John's story... This is a guy that knows how to betray a lover. Right? He mm-hmm. he's done it. He's yeah. he's he's made a vow to the Night's Watch and he's willing to betray it for the wildlings. He's made he made a vow to Ygritte. He was willing to see her die on the battlefield or whatever. He he be, he betrays people for the greater good. He he has been his story has trained him to do that.
3: Right? right? Um and you know what else he's really good at? Going undercover.
2: He, he, he's good at going undercover, and he's really good at stabbing people.
3: Yeah, so he goes up to, to the... He's a he, lot he, of stabbing. He, he gets uh, Danny to to buy him at the end because he's real good at going undercover.
2: Conversely, Danny's story has been a story of a woman who's been betrayed over and over again. Miri mm-hmm. Mazdour betrays her uh I you know you you could almost say that the the fact that she's sold as a child bride is a betrayal you from the very beginning she just gets betrayed over and Ojora over. betrayed her um the the husband in marine that she had that no one cares about his name uh mm-hmm. he betrayed <laughs> her she gets she just gets betrayed over and over again so mm-hmm. here we have the woman whose story is about these series of betrayals, and here's the guy who his his story is about betraying people, and yeah. uh, despite you know all of his honor, he he does it he does it quite a bit. Like like I said, the maggots under the rice that that was all very well set up,
1: mm.
3: yeah,
2: uh, that worked for me. And so Danny dies. Drogon shows up. Did you think Drogon was going to kill John? I didn't I didn't think
3: I mean at this point you don't know right I mean that's the thing about Game of Thrones is that it's sort of keeping you like could be I mean you know that's like that John could die after doing this and that's his end mm-hmm. um I didn't feel like that was his end mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't know I, I felt there was maybe the the Targaryen blood may protect him from the dragon mm-hmm. um
2: yeah, I think that that maybe I think that that's probably the one that is the most compelling to me. Like these dragons understand this whole magic Targaryen connection. Mm-hmm. To me, and, that makes yeah. more sense than the you know him assaulting the metaphor of power in Westeros. But yeah, I'm I didn't, willing to and, forgive it. I'm willing. To well, forgive uh, yeah, one. and, I,
3: and so I so I read that both ways, right? I read that as like there's some sort of a connection between Targaryens and dragons. And so if the dragon, if that, if that holds true and we have to say it does because we said it does, Mm -hmm. um, then, then him, then, then he could, I would assume that the, that Drogon could get from Jon that, yeah, this guy killed my mother, but also I could, I, I sense in him that this was the right thing. Or at least he believes, you know. What I mean, like, there's some sort mm-hmm. of a connection there that suggests this was not just a callous murder; that there was something bigger at stake. And so, and I still don't see it as like, oh, the dragon. I'm going to burn down this metaphor. I, mm-hmm. I, I saw the dragon as if you're going to give the dragon credit, and <laughs> you know, you kind of got to now. Um, I, I saw that as sort of like a, like that the dragon was aware enough,
2: mm-hmm. you know, yeah, this,
3: well- is, this is this this is the thing that killed my mother.
2: Okay. Well you're clearly wrong on this, but I don't Oh my god. <laughs> I, I don't I don't I'm not gonna hold it against you. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. <laughs> um I, I going back to the John and and Tyrion conversation, so Tyrion says if she truly believes that she's the only one that can create this better world, wouldn't you kill anyone that standing between you and Paradise? She believes her destiny is to build a better world for everyone. If you believed it, if you truly
1: believed it, wouldn't you kill whoever stood between you and paradise?
2: I thought that that was maybe retconning Danny's motives. Mm. Like I think that was a big conversation we've we've had. Is like the audience needed to be guided along a little bit better about what's motivating Danny when she goes all blitzkrieg on everybody. Mm. Um. So I think maybe they I don't know I, I did that did that help did that help you in retrospect or did it feel like retconning? Um,
3: I don't know that it felt like it was retconning. I just felt that it was adding more nuance to it.
2: Yeah, I I think I forgot that he had said that, and then watching it this time around, I thought, yeah, I'm glad that they put that there because that helps me a little bit more with Danny. Um. Steve? Yes. I would like to talk about the death count because you made predictions. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's a shopping list. I don't think that that's what we want. No. Let's work with it. Oh, here it is. Okay. All right. Now, Jorah died. You got him right. Mm-hmm. Dead. All right. Theon died. You got that right. Braun, you said was gonna die. Braun, mm, Braun lived. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Samwell, you were right. He lived. Yeah, and kind of in the capacity that I thought he would. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, Jamie Lannister died. You got that right. So far, you're doing pretty well. That's pretty impressive, actually. The Hound died. You got that right. Number nine. Oh yeah, Bran. Bran lives. You did get that right. Mm. However you put him number 9 on your ranking, your power <laughs> ranking.
3: He can still stay there. He's he's uh, a, he's a
2: figurehead. This is to to my point, to my point. Bran was probably the ninth most interesting person in this story at this point. <laughs> That's fair. Uh Varys died. You got that right. Uh that was I I, I thought that that Varys's ending was was good.
3: Yeah, I really, yeah, that was good. That was a great great moment.
2: Uh the mountain Get snuffed out, you got that right. Um, number seven. Peter Baelish Littlefinger dies or dies. You said he would live.
3: Yeah, I kinda thought that he would just sort of be
2: lurking around. I'll tell you what, man, aside from Ned's death, the Peter Baelish death was the most clever of, of the way that they set it up. Mm hmm. I just yeah. I was I was it was the most satisfying that in, in my book anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. Sansa Stark, uh, six on your power ranking lives. You got that right. Five on your power ranking, Cersei Lannister. She dies. You got that right. Number four in your power ranking, Tyrion. He lives. You got that right.
3: Uh, that was a because I was like, gosh, you know, for dramatic effect, you know, the, a Tyrion death would really be pretty, pretty magical.
2: It, it that I think that he's the one that he could easily die at the last episode or the second to last but you can't do it any sooner than that right? and you
3: have to and i think the thing is like you would have to make that death so significant
2: oh absolutely you
3: know it couldn't be just a, you're, you're uh,
2: chokes you on a chicken bone <laughs> yeah exactly hot pie offers him a a little bit of stale bread. Well, that's the idea, right? And there's like, no wine. There's he, no wine. He has, he has two
3: options. One is one is to have a magnificent death, or completely like he just falls downstairs.
2: <laughs> that would actually, I, I would have liked that. I feel
3: like this cloak is a little too long. Ah! <laughs>
2: <laughs> I I do think I would have liked at least one senseless death mm, in Game com- of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> Like just, just someone just. You Robin's know, sc-
3: playing with with trucks and he falls out the moon door.
2: He scrapes his, you know, someone scrapes their arm against a rusty. Yeah, <laughs> it just di- dies of a nasty infection. Uh, uh, ingrown toenail, something like that. Um, Arya Stark lives. She was third on your power ranking. I think your power ranking is really decent, actually. Number two is Jon Snow. He lives. Number 1 is Danny and she dies but you you claim that he she lives. All right. Mm. So, your power ranking 1 to 5 was Danny Targaryen, aptly put. I mean, she she had to be in the top 3, right? Right. If you were going to do this again, she, you know, she might not be number 1, but, pre- but pretty pretty good. Did. Yeah. Pretty good. Jon Snow, I think he's number he's got to be number 1 or 2, right? Mhm. Arya Stark now power ranking she kills the night king that makes her pretty high right right. and yet she's there's she's not even gonna get anywhere near the iron throne so the question is which narrative are you privileging
3: well and it also and that's also suggesting that my power ranking is solely iron throne throne focused
2: that's right. Yeah, that's right. And I and and I didn't ask you that part. Mm-hmm. I just uh I just asked you general power ranking. Tyrion number 4. I think you might put Tyrion higher in yeah. conversation that Yeah, we. absolutely. But that's that's, you know, Four is pretty good and then the fifth on the power ranking is Cersei uh probably too high. Right. Well, I mean
3: also to talk about a character that was sort of underutilized in the last season. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean she she was more of just sort of a a presence or or a foil or as more of a motivating mm-hmm. factor than an actual sinister character.
2: So you you got most of these right. You got most of these right. And these are, just, just to refresh people's memory, these are the characters that we've been following since season one, who were still alive at the end of season five. Mm-hmm. Or season six, I think, season six. Um. So pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty decent.
3: Yeah, not too shabby. Uh, how do you feel about the... Uh... The comedic moments, little sitcom moments
2: uh all right I really liked I really liked this moment where Tyrion asks about how how he fares in the history of yeah the War of the five Kings and i,
3: I was I was in the it was kind of in a bit of an, a, a potential eye roll moment when the book comes out. Because like what I'm here's the thing that's interesting about my my viewing of this right because the the the, the warnings that I've heard and you know from you and yeah. other people are there's gonna be there's gonna be it, it's fine until the thing and so I keep waiting for the thing right and because I didn't have a real big problem with this episode um, I, I I didn't get a thing right by I, I mean, the I way I'm, I'm
2: still kind of floored by that but keep going
3: <laughs> so I mean I realize that. Brand is. I'm like, well, I guess brand is the thing. But then I'm kind of like, but I don't feel like it's the thing. <laughs> so, so <laughs> then the the book comes out, and I'm like, oh, okay, this starts feeling a little cute. Yeah. Sure but sure. then I feel like it gets. I, it almost feels worth it for the moment where Tyrion's not in it, which actually sort of reinforces my other. Just like it just sort of makes this interpretation of the fact that Tyrion's like in control of everything, yeah. and he's. And he actually has a king that really kind of doesn't have a story, but has the best story yeah. at the same time. It's kind of weird. And then it's like, and then Tyrion also then is that too?
2: I, I don't I, know. I, no, I think it it works. And you know, you you've set this up that this is all about this grand story, and you got a little too meta. I think you broke. Yeah, I think you you broke sure. the wall to, a little bit too too much. But then. I thought it was a good setup and payoff when Tyrion realizes he's not he's not in there at all.
3: Right. Well, which is and which is also like I think to me that feels like Tyrion is mm-hmm. ultimately the guy that's in control here, but he's doing it as the second in command. Yeah, you're not in the story, bro. But you are. We all know that you're we all went through 8 mm-hmm. seasons of understanding that you are in, you are the guy. And now you are the guy. And history's like, nah <laughs> and there's something to be said for the end of this story What everyone's watching it, like they're sitting there going, well, why is Bran the leader? Should have been Danny, should have been John. I'm like,
2: guys, it's Tyrion.
3: He did it. Like the the the, the it was it's sort of a self-referencing thing even then. Like yeah, right. the, there's just not another episode for him to be in a cell explaining it to the audience that doesn't pick it up. That's just my take.
2: No, I liked it. And I think that the sort of the other Bookend, no pun intended, on that was Jamie's. Jamie finally gets notated. So when Brienne finally writes down Jamie's story, he finally becomes the hero that he that no one thought he was. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that watching that, it, well, number one, it's interesting that here, you know, here Tyrion is in many ways the hero of the story. Who gets totally not remembered. And Jamie, in so many cases, is just. He's the model of what a hero looks like, right? Right. So I think that in retrospect, I think maybe people look back on Jamie's story arc and think, well, it ended by him getting destroyed by bricks. Mm-hmm. And I think, no, I think it ended when Brienne decided to remember him justly sure because if you if you if you read what she wrote you know it's kind of like here's you know here's here's who he was he lost a battle he won this battle he you know he for good good here's the good the bad and she leaves out the ugly but Mm -hmm. for the most part she gives him i think a just telling yeah yeah and I thought that was a fitting end to his his narrative arc.
3: Yeah, and I also think that there's there's it's a, a complex ending too. I think I think there's a, that's what I like about this uh, episode is that um, Brienne chooses to remember Jamie maybe more fondly than he should be.
2: Yeah, well, that's that's possible. It's possible.
3: And the Song of Fire and Ice does not remember Tyrion as fondly as it should.
2: It, it doesn't remember him at all.
3: Exactly, <laughs> and so you have that two, you have those two realities, right? And they're kind of one is played for com- like for comedic purposes. Other one is played for, sort of like like finishing of a character arc. Okay, look, there's sort of that's your, re- ends in sort of a redemptive, you know, let's let's you know Brienne knows that there was good. Let's remember him as good. Okay, that's fine, but there's but both of those things create a a bigger problem, and that is history. and this this actually defends bran as the king history is made up by men and it's made up and it's made up by the winners right we hear this Mm -hmm. in in sort of modern politics right is is that's the idea but the advantage of bran is that he he has the real story having somebody like that is more valuable than a I mean, we have the history. We have what the masters have put together. But even still, it shows that there's an interpretive, uh, you know, there's an interpretation. There's, there's a lens by which these these events have been viewed. So, to learn from them, um, you almost need the experience. Well, we have it. We have an advantage here. Brand, brand can experience that in, in a much more real. Because I mean, look at it. If he doesn't, <laughs> the entire uh, operation was moving in one direction until he was able to go oh no no this there's a story here that really wasn't told and that is mm. the the true lineage of Jon Snow Ned interrupts that story so Ned creates by by, by taking one and you know by taking his lens and everybody else is now looking through it that way Brand can kind of uncover and say look there's now a whole new path we go on because of this and mm. it's not the path we thought we were going on because I know there were some people like well then what's the point of having to be a Targaryen if he's just going to wander around I'm like that's the point that's exactly the point. And so I think that the the idea is that like the truth is the key. And and I so I really find that that interesting that these two moments that are kind of played a little bit more for levity and for sort of this grandeur, um, kind of also speak to the necessity of brand because those are false narratives. Even if one is done for right. the right for, for so-called right reasons, Jamie did not die to protect his queen. He died trying to get his sister queen lover out of a building, like, but that doesn't play right. And that's not the legacy she wants him to have because she's like, you know, I'm going to I'm going to honor him. Well, yeah, but if anybody's looking at this, it, it's false. It's just false. Right. I mean, like there's a there's a falseness to it. It's not the whole story. And um, and I think that's why Brand becomes so important.
2: I, I'm coming around to your point of view on this. <laughs> I, it, it, the weird part is for me, I think the
3: weirdest part is that I, I felt all this right away. Like it wasn't like, a, like some of this stuff has been like looking back and like getting more of the nuance, but like, as it was unfolding, I was like,
2: yeah, <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I was like, I was a little, I was getting worried because as soon as the, the throne melted, which I was like, again, apparently I'm, we're not on the same page on this. I thought it was fantastic. That scene to me that when he, when, when Drogon takes a body and, and flies off, there was a part of me that was like roll credits right now, roll credits right now. But I knew that there was other things I didn't realize. I th- it was- you
2: know what? I felt the same thing. I, I honestly felt like when Drogon flies off, you could have ended the show right there. And I think that it might've been a better liked episode. I, I, I cause I, I, I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking, that's where you should end it. That's exactly mm-hmm. where you should end this thing. Um, but then, of course, we wouldn't get a couple of those sort of nostalgic, you know, goodbyes. Sure. Um, let's talk about the goodbyes. All right. So, Arya uh, sails away on a ship. That's the perfect ending. I don't. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna take anyone's opinions on that. No, I agree. I hundred percent. I think, uh, and, I, and I knew that's where I was gonna
3: go. I was just like, "Oh yeah, she's going, she's going west, baby."
2: And I think it also kind of is a little bit of a metaphor for a character. She's always been kind of this acolyte of death the entire series. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, she's she's a lot of mentors along the way to teach her about death, and so much so that she actually joined a death religion. Right? Well, in the ancient world, there's all kinds of metaphors for the the other world being beyond the sea. Uh, like, Paradise is somewhere beyond the sea, or, you know, the river sticks. You got to cross the river to get to the, you know, to Hades or whatever. So I like the fact that she's taking a ship off in into Oblivion. That worked for her character. John goes up to the wall and then gets wild at the end. What do you think about that? Love it. So you're you're in.
3: Yeah, so I loved when Tyrion goes in there and tells him, hey, you got to go to the Night's Watch. And I don't know if Tyrion is clever enough, but I mean basically, because at first I was like, oh man, Tyrion's punishment is he gets to do exactly what he wants to do for the rest of his life. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, and Jon's punishment is he gets to do what he wants to do for the rest of his life. This is glorious. <laughs> I was... So, when he When he walks up north, I'm like, oh my god, this is... I was like... I was... I was giddy. I, I actually that when you talk about uh, teary and emotional, that's how I was. I when John makes that march up there with Torment, I'm like, oh, John's free.
2: Well, and I will say this: uh, a lot of fans were pleased by the fact that John actually gets reunited with Ghost. Oh, I'm sure the
3: pet and everything, right?
2: Oh. I'm- <laughs> Absolutely, in the same way, a lot of fans were really moved by Drogon nudging his dead mm-hmm. mother, and you know, try, you know, coming to the realization that well, because John didn't want to leave, John, John, but
3: John wanted to be free when he met Igret. and he was, and then that whole duty and love kind of thing, like uh-huh. that conversation, it it was bigger than just the Danny thing, I think. I yeah, you know
2: that's the whole thing. That was your whole bit about I gotta do that now. Fine, yeah, yeah. I'll do the next thing. Fine, I'll become yeah. king.
3: Yeah, yeah. And so now he doesn't have to. I mean, he's he's basically, basically he's been banished to do what he wants to do. That's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing because no one's gonna check on you. <laughs> you know, I mean, that is that's it's that those three arcs there at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just so satisfying. And I, okay, no, and I'll fight anybody who says otherwise.
2: Okay, no, I I, I like it. I like it all. Uh, we got 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 to get one more Queen of the North, uh, scene. It always works. It always mm-hmm. works. Uh, this time it's a queen. That's great. I, I think that for a lot of people, the fatal flaw of this episode, Steve, was all of the build up to who's gonna sit on the Iron Throne. And then finally you got the Lords of the Seven Kingdoms sitting around in a circle. And aside from Edmure's... <laughs>
3: <laughs> Which was awesome. Uh, Edmure, <laughs> little, little Edmure was so, Edmure, Edmure's character was so true to his character. <laughs> that
2: was pretty good.
3: I was I, so like, oh, Edmure,
2: get bowed. But eventually, eventually they all shrugged their shoulders and like, yeah, fine, Bran. That's fine. I, I don't know. I mean, I...
3: I get it. I mean, that scene was all there was. Like you,
2: there's a lot of it was like you played like like th- three quarters, and you're like 13 minutes into the fourth quarter, and like the ref walks on the field and says, "Well, maybe we should just decide this with a coin flip." How, how does that feel to everyone?
3: No, I, yeah, I'll fall. Yeah, I'll fall, You're you're two minutes left in the fourth quarter, and uh, all of your star players are injured. And they've been taken off the floor,
2: and the ref walks in and says, "How would you guys feel about a game of tic tac toe to end this?"
3: Well, fight? you've got all the backups in there, and they're just like, "No, no," they say, "I don't know what to do." And one guy steps up. They get one guy gets hot. The, the hobbled coach comes out and goes, "Just do something!" <laughs> because what is what is Tyrion's job? It's all these guys, people's job is to just get people to. Do something to get okay. people to make a decision and who's left i mean davos is not what about a
2: runner, thirsty yeah. boy thirsty boy could do it
3: thirsty thirsty everybody at this point like i feel like thirsty boy has grown up to the point where they're just like look we have a deal once a month we throw someone out the moon door you jerk off
1: <laughs> and then we
3: go on our merry way and they go and davos is just like look the less questions we ask, the less speeches we have to hear. I'll
2: tell you what I don't buy. I don't buy that the Ironborn, like Yara. Sure. The Yara. Oh, yeah. Davis got to have what yeah. <laughs> one final little speech. Martha And man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: and then, if, and then the finally he becomes the uh, the master of grammar in addition to the master of ships. That's, I that's that amazing. Was, I thought that was great. The
3: thing is, is is as as like as corny as that all felt the fact that I giggled each time they did something I'm like yeah yeah you know what there's that drop of cool water that I've been needing for eight seasons you sure? I got I got I actually got a pint glass of it and I didn't <laughs> and, and the biggest surprise to me was that it didn't end uh in in carnage
2: yeah oh interesting huh huh Okay, so the so Sansa, so, so yeah,
3: I did see that part as being like everyone just kind of going like fine, fine, fine. And then Sansa's like, Well, I want to be independent. And I'm like, Well, why wouldn't everybody want to be independent? Like, I, exactly, I, I, like That's that, what that I'm
2: part. Thinking. I'm like, Okay, that makes sense. Sansa says, No, I have put up with enough of this. I you're gonna leave us alone. Now I'm thinking, Why aren't the ironborn saying the same thing?
3: Yeah, and that that seemed a little odd, but it also kind of felt like at this point, we don't know how much time is fast, it's been some time. Mm-hmm. The beard, the beard suggests it, right? So there's been some time, and it and what I got with them all sitting there was like they've been pretty. It sounds like it's been pretty dysfunctional. the the <laughs> the, the appearance is is that there's all these foot like because I think Sansa's. I think the reason why she's not petitioning for the throne, I think she has really resolved. I don't care how this plays out. I just I just want I just want the North, and I want the North to be the North.
2: Yeah, I, okay. I, I feel
3: like I feel like that's already a foregone conclusion. So so that was her play regardless. I almost feel that if if Tyrion said it should be Sansa that Sansa could be inclined to be like if I rule I rule from uh Winterfell otherwise just give me give me the north and we'll call it good pick somebody else. Like I, I I that that part seemed like
2: it felt a little bit like a genie genie standing there and he says, "Okay, I'm going to give everyone one wish." And they go around this big circle, and everyone wishes for something. And the last person says, "I'd like two more wishes, please." And they're like, "Oh no 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 no!" They're like, "Oh, can I change mine?"
3: Yeah, yeah. And so that—that's what I felt like there. And at that point, they're like, "Oh, we already said our vote." So,
2: dang it! <laughs> I can, I don't know I don't know half of these people that are in this circle, but I can guarantee the Dornish are not going to go in for this. Uh, Sansa, that makes sense. Uh, the Ironborn are not. Sam, I believe. Sam, you know, Sam's Sam's not going to care. Thirsty Boy's not going to care. Edmure, I I believe he can kind of be cowed into submission. Oh, yeah. Edmure's going to, he's not going to
3: be an an abstaining vote or anything.
2: Right. I mean, I almost felt like, I mean, okay, the other thing that was going on with this scene was that they were kind of playing with the idea of representative democracy. Mm Mm-hmm. In two ways, one well, three ways, I suppose. Sam, you know, su- suggests that you know the commenters should have a vo- vote, right? And they play that for a laugh, right? Right. Which I thought was a, maybe a little bit of fan service. Um, Felt
3: like it. I didn't. I didn't. I, I was concerned that they were going to employ democracy, and I'm like, get out. So I was glad that they laughed. Like I had those moments yeah. where I was like, I would eye roll, and then go, all right, that's fine, fine, okay.
2: Well, they. I mean. I f- I felt like that they were set Tyrion was setting up this notion uh, it felt like for the last couple seasons where he was saying the-, the idea that the son of the king is the next king is a really bad idea. Mm-hmm. And we need a different system. So Tyrion's kind of been hooting and hollering about this, right? Right. You know, the Night's Watch, they've got a-, a way the Ironborn, they've got a different way to do this. So I found that converse that conversation believable and yet what they land on, does it work for you? Like, yeah, basically, just the lords of the seven kingdoms, six kingdoms, I suppose, get together whenever the king's dead and they mm-hmm. send up the white smoke, just like the pope.
3: Yeah, I mean, there's definitely an opportunity for more problems, but I mean, it's, but the idea is that there's more agency, right? And, and the idea of the wheel breaking, like Danny was, was promoting, you know, a just snap it, right? Right. And, yeah, I, sure. I, and I think what Tyrion is presenting is it's a broken wheel and oh, we're yeah. going to keep on breaking until we get a, until we get a new wheel that yeah, works. Yeah, yeah. Right. And so we, would you
2: be happy with the phrase sort of a baby step toward democracy? Mm hmm.
3: Oh, yeah. All right. Okay. And what I and I like that juxtaposed to because I think Danny's and um is. Is more clever and I think the idea that I think it could have been easy that she just descends into madness I didn't I mean there's madness, but there was it was a different type of madness than what I was to believe that the mad King went through. Because Mm. she seems pretty pretty calculated she seems like she's got a plan, this is not somebody who's just wipe them all out, this is somebody who is is zealous for their own press is zealous for their own um you know messianic complex it's somebody who you know it's a wonderful critique on the idea of like let's go into the middle east and um attack the democracy into them because that's what that's what's best. We will liberate <laughs> yeah. them. We are going to liberate them with our ideals. And if it means they have to die for it, it's they're dying for a just cause. So I mean, it's a, it's you know it's a critique you can use for for several different leaders that we've experienced throughout time. And um, and so I found that part to be very believable. I, the idea that she's like, I'm tired of messing around with with playing these games. I know what's best for everybody, and I can bring it to everybody, and they will thank me later generations will thank me later and it's easy to do that when you're not going to be around to face any criticism generations from now so i think that that was really i think that really worked and i think that that what's and so that was this forced best idea and she says it so much to john basically like this is what's i know what's best and they can't really question it whereas uh and then so Tyrion introduces something that's incremental um and it's it's in the idea that you're if the game of Thrones is always about movement, but it was always sort of, uh, kind of like a, a, a loop again going with that wheel concept. This is moving in a new direction. This is, this is, we don't, we, and that's why I think you have a council. Why would you have a council for somebody who's sort of this seer? Um, because this is still, we need a little bit of the old as we move a little bit to the new mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and, um, and let's, let's move that way. If we put better people in these spots, for better reasons than yeah, the, 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 the role of the, of the leader will look different. And that's what we need to have the next leader to emulate the better role that we just showed. And hopefully it moving towards improvement as opposed to individual,
2: uh, individuality. So the last, the last we hear from Tyrion is that, uh, he once brought a jackass and a honeycomb into a, brothel. right. <laughs> I, it's hard it's hard to stick the landing on these characters, right? right. And lots of people have trouble with how they stuck the landing with Cersei, or stuck the landing with Danny or whatever. I think that's a pretty good landing for Tyrion. Oh, absolutely. Um, if you were Tyrion, would you make Bronn your master of coin? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's just kind of like keep keep your enemies close. Kind of thing. Well
3: the thing is is that Tyrion's Tyrion's advantage is that he's like, you know, I've been I've been master of coin for a while. Um, it sucks. Super dull. <laughs> and um you try to you, This you, is his punishment? <laughs> you considered killing me. Um you want to be Maybe
2: Tyrion's thinking like if I want these brothels rebuilt, there's only one guy to make master of coin. <laughs> All right, I, I cut you off. Uh, you you were you were saying uh, you tried to kill me, but yeah,
3: I was like, like you tried to kill me. Um, uh, I like you enough to to punish you in a way that I find meaningful. <laughs> you, you're gonna have the you're gonna I'm gonna make you have a little bit of a boring life. Welcome to politics, bro.
2: Yeah, the yeah. So the the most sort of roguish scoundrel guy in the whole in the whole. <laughs> The whole story gets uh, becomes the accountant.
3: Well, yeah, because it's like, oh, you, oh, you, you want to be, you want to be lord of things, you want to be. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. You think it's exciting? Here you go.
2: I get Davos, master of ships. That's fine, mm-hmm. right? Interesting that both Davos and Bronn were formerly commoners, right? And now they're on the small council.
3: Well, and then you got Brienne, who is now like you know, the uh, like.
2: Yeah, the, she's the, she's in the Uber male role, right?
3: Right. the 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 gender norm has been completely yeah. Uh, deconstructed. Yeah, she's like dwarf
2: from Star Trek, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. Now, all right. Yeah,
3: yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I and watching him set the chairs up, like it was like his first day of school. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah, man. I don't know. Uh, and truth be told, I was pretty high when I watched
2: this. See, now you tell me. <laughs> This would have changed the entire conversation. Uh, you know what? You're you're probably high right now. Um, I I'll
3: tell you what I I'm probably going to rewatch the final episode uh, soon because I think it was I think I think it was real good. <laughs> I think it was real good. I mean, again, it's flawed. It's logistically 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 flawed. But I thought. Um, the use of silence the um the it was so patient in that first 40
2: minutes and oh they yeah they, i thought that they they gave tyrion's walk through the carnage just all of the time it deserved mhm uh tyrion waking up like they, they just hung on his face for a long time i don't feel like the scene where, where danny dies is any longer than it should be right but it, it, it is quite the dramatic end, and they, 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 put the, you know, they put the camera where they needed to put the right. camera on that scene.
3: I mean, and there's, there's something so, I mean, I guess for me, I, I just am like, this whole series has been building up to who's going to sit on the Iron Throne, and it ends with no Iron Throne for which to sit on. I was like, oh, that's so good. That is so good.
2: So here's the question I always asked when whenever I didn't know what was going to happen, right? So prior to season eight, I would always question myself. Bran is the first POV character. Does it mean that this story is going to end with kind of this innocent character going through a bunch of stuff, and we basically have a hero's journey? Mm-hmm. So I always so that was the question that I had. Or is it going to end the way the first book ends with Ned Stark dying and Danny getting her dragons? Because Mm. if that's the way it's if that if it's going to end how the first book ends, then we could see something like, you know, crazy, like, you know, like, uh, you know, Varys ends up selling the kingdom back to his merman merman lover or something (laughs) like that. (laughs) <laughs> I I don't know what I don't know what's gonna but but that would be kind of like whatever subverts your expectations that's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. After this conversation, I'm thinking maybe they gave me both because we we get the hero's journey with Bran right. Mm-hmm. So so we get to circle back to the beginning of the first book, but we also subverted expectations at the end. We get both Danny dead, and we get this curveball out of nowhere, Bran. You know, ascending to not the Iron Throne, but to you know, basically the the King of the World or whatever. And so you get to subvert the expectations as well. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm just gonna go back to the case like, well, that's fine. I'm I'm with you. I'm with you with that story. Just give me more brand. Make brand interesting at Mm -hmm. some point in the last three years. No, that makes sense. So anyway. (laughs) That's my that's my final take. I did not. So did you have like a special blend that that you enjoy <laughs> for for your watching, or are you? Uh, I don't. The, I don't believe you were high. I don't. I don't think. I think you're the kind of person that thinks. I feel like maybe I won't catch everything that I need right. to catch. No,
3: I tell you, man. I I I was starting to be disappointed when I was finding I was really enjoying it. <laughs> Cause then I, but then I start thinking, what the hell is wrong with me? <laughs> and then like, then the, every moment I'm like, oh, here comes an eye roller. I'm like, oh, that, that, that was okay. I'm like, oh, this, oh, come on,
1: ah, it's okay.
3: And then I'm like, and then I look at the end, and I, as soon as John makes his march up north, I just gave like a fist pump, and I looked over at Heather, and she's like.
2: This is great. <laughs> yes, awesome.
3: Oh my!
2: Yeah, I. So, I was the, almost uh, certain that when they, when, when Tyrion says, "Who's got a better story than Bran the Broken?" <laughs>
1: oh no! And all the
2: funny. eyes turn to him. I, I was almost certain that you'd be like, "Here it is. There it
1: is."
3: Yeah, no, I knew that's where it was. But then I was like, "Go on." <laughs> I'm- <laughs> and it was weird because I was this moment I was like, okay, Brand, but then I looked over it he- and I'm like, oh, I'm going to see this has got to be because I was like, I wonder what Heather's going to think, and, I, and she's just totally in, and I'm like, like yeah, okay, so I'm in too. Why am I getting self conscious? Steve, yeah. you, you like this, just 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 let it wash over you. I, I think
2: a lot of this has, to, honestly, Steve. I think a lot of this has to do with the Starbucks cup as kind of a window into the problem with this final series, season, all right? Mm. Just a few little tweaks leading up to the final couple episodes and the ability to kind of underwhelm your expectations. Mm -hmm. You know, like, like lessen your expectations gave you an entirely different experience of these final two episodes. Even so much so that I think that because you were not, totally out on the last episode gave you maybe a better chance to like the final episode.
3: Yeah, I was very, uh, you know, I mean, obviously expectations were tempered, but things were happening. Like there's so much in the beginning part of this episode that were like really, really good. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, again, here we are. I've been sort of saying season eight, first three episodes really liked. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then four, I'm like, four's pretty good okay and then 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 five it's like uh uh-oh i'm like i know this is supposed to be really bad but like i kind of you know i yeah after our conversation the things i didn't like ended up liking more
2: what if i were to tell you at the beginning of this whole adventure steve i think you're really gonna like this show in fact i think you're gonna like almost everything about this show except for the a how the a plot ends Mm. Doesn't that seem a little odd? Like, so wait, this whole thing is the Game of Thrones, and I'm not gonna like how the game. Well, like, but you're on the record for saying you like how the a plot ends. Yeah. All right. So I was really talking to myself. I, mean, I don't you, need I mean, you here anymore, Steve. <laughs> I think I'm just gonna. <laughs> okay. I
3: am shocked that I that nobody told me that Brand, out of all the people I've known, and that all the just. The hubbub that like nobody in any thing I've ever overheard ever, uh, I've never that nobody ever said that. that that's you know what so, it is? It's, it's so weird to me.
2: It's okay, this the only explanation for this is that when you're really wounded by something like just really hurt bad, <laughs> you don't even want to talk about it anymore. I mean, Game of Thrones was watched the, the penultimate episode was watched by like eighteen million people the night of. And then the the final episode was something closer to 20 million the night of. That's a lot of people. You know some of those people, Steve. To a man, every single one of those people got their feelings hurt so bad they didn't even want to talk to you about it. I guess so. I guess so. I mean, I guess a few of these people are altruistic and think I don't want to ruin Steve's experience. But I can't think that everyone was. Right.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Well, we, and before I watched this, I was, I had dinner with some friends who are, um, they're in the middle of, or in the early part of season five. Okay. And so the hard, and so I was, had to play the role of, I can't do anything to spoil anything. So anytime they would talk about something, I would offer something up, quickly go look uh, to see what, and where in the timeline it was. And then feel free to talk about it or not talk about it.
1: Uh-huh. Um,
3: so that was something that I was being very cognizant of. And they were, they, the, the guy was like, Hey, I really appreciate it. Like I say what I think is going to happen. He's like, and you just, both you and Heather, are just completely stone-faced, not one reaction one way or the other. No, <laughs> you're doing a real good job. I'm like, well, i this was important to me.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: no, I want to live in that world, Steve. I want to live in a world where people would just kind of say, Oh, you haven't seen it yet. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna ruin your experience.
3: Right. I was shocked that I we got there.
2: You know what? I'm a little shocked too because I'm a, I'm assuming that, you know, you follow a few people on Twitter and Instagram mm-hmm. who, who watch this show. And I, I'm surprised that there wasn't at least a joke here or there that caught your eye. Yeah. I
3: just I. All, all I really knew was that the red wedding is pretty intense. <laughs> it's like all I knew, all I knew for sure. Right. And uh, um, yeah, I, it's funny. It's I uh, I don't even recall. Like, I'm trying to think back. I'm like, did I hear some stuff about, D- and I do think I remember people being upset about what they did with Danny, but I don't know. I never knew what it was they were upset about. I just knew mm-hmm. that a lot of people were like, I just, I honestly, and I didn't know enough about what Danny was to be able to, to sure. figure that out. Right. I mean, I knew things about like mother of dragons. So I knew there was a dragon thing and that's not a real big spoiler. Cause that's, that happens fairly early.
2: All right, let's do, let's do the old meters. All right. So your dragon meter. Pretty
3: high. Yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> that. One of my at favorite least three scenes.
2: Great, at least three great dragon things happened in this episode. Just just the, the, the Danny coming out with the wings behind her. That was
3: so awesome.
2: Drogon be under the ashes, and then Drogon taking mom across the sea or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh one wonderful, wonderful. Um Brianna meter.
3: Uh yeah, it it went went high.
1: Okay. All right
2: dismemberment count we didn't get any dismemberment uh this episode yeah just
3: some just some slashies
2: Mm -hmm. and a general feeling about magic
3: um outside of the dragons there wasn't a lot of magic in this episode right i mean i guess i guess bran is sort of shrouded in magic when Um, bran
2: says you know they said uh, you know would you be willing to take it he says why do you think i why do you (laughs) think i came all this way
1: why do you think i came all this way
3: that was pretty funny (laughs) that part was kind of like okay dirt, dirt, dirt. <laughs> but, <laughs> but i also like i don't know you know me i mean there's a certain amount of like dirt 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 that i can get on board with <laughs> and and i guess my feeling is is that and i mentioned this the last time was um if the last two episodes were more indicative of the style of show that we were going to watch i'd probably still watch that show
2: hmm interesting I think, oddly, I think this show is a victim of its own success in two ways. One, the expectations just were impossibly high for the for how this lands. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, secondly, I think that they started reading their own mail and thought, well, we need to depart from the formula and make this more cinematic. Mm. We what we need to do is we need to think about making. Like four short films to end this thing, and I just don't think that they were as good at doing that mm-hmm. as the formula they had followed before. I really think that if they had done a ten-episode season or just under an hour, it would have been significantly better. You can tell yeah. the same story. I agree. Just, just give me a little bit more brand, and I'm on board. It's it's a it's a common problem for me, Steve. I always need a little bit more brand. <laughs>
3: So, I mean, I wonder, part of me was like, because my buddy was like, you're the kind of guy that you'll advocate for the thing that you don't even believe in. Um, And he's like, is there a temptation to do that with this? I'm like, I'm really going into this thing very sincere, going into this final episode, because um, I am excited to see how bad it's going to be. And my biggest, and I told, and my fear has been, if it's just okay, I'll be upset. Because I want one or the other, and I was like, "Oh my god, I got the thing that I thought for sure was not gonna." I, I was, if I was power ranking my reaction, it was going to be, "Man, that was terrible."
2: Yeah, you were just How certain awesome. that it was either going to be eh, fine or, god, boy, off. that was just like a that was like water world. right? So I was shocked
3: that I'm like, I'm liking this, <laughs> <laughs> and then it <laughs> ends, and I was like, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm I'm moved. and I'm like what the hell just happened (laughs) so I before I started reading negative reviews I started reading positive reviews to find out like okay I'm not crazy right
2: (laughs) (laughs) you might be you might be
3: well here's the thing I I got to experience something that apparently not a lot of people did and for whatever reason so right wrong whatever I watched all of Game of Thrones, and uh, and I loved it all the way through.
2: Well, you got to watch, I think, I wonder if there's like a COVID, I wonder if there's like a COVID uh, iteration of the fan response. Hmm. Like, I wonder how many people were like, yeah, I'm just not into fantasy, but COVID's on, and I need a show, and mm-hmm. might as well just turn on the first episode and see if I like it. And then just keep, you know, you just you're just rolling, and you're pretty sure you're you're gonna hate it at the end. And all of a sudden, it's like, thank you, COVID.
3: Yeah, maybe. I don't know, but I mean, I had a buddy who just watched it, and he said that the last two episodes were just horse shit. So. <laughs> Now I have a lot of friends who've been waiting and waiting because they want to talk to me about this ending. So this is going to be something I will be.
2: you're going to become you're going to become your worst enemy. You are going to become the the nostalgia apologist. I know. It's gonna you're going to be Mr. Sentimental. I am. I am. This is this is very off brand for you, Steve. Well, yeah. Game of Thrones. It's a complicated game. Okay, I guess so. Uh, I guess so. Um, that's all I got. That's all I got for this.
3: I jokingly told Heather, I said, yeah, once we do these podcasts, I mean, who knows when Anthony and I, how often we'll speak. Well, it's kind of like the uh, series <laughs> finale of our friendship.
2: It, it is. It's been nice knowing you, Steve. <laughs>
1: We march, 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 we